Filthy 47, an audio serial in four parts. Part 1. London, 1947. For Mr. Churchill's sunlit uplands. Hitch up your skirt. A little higher. Call that a skirt? It's not fit for a scarecrow. Make do and mend. When will it ever end? Oh, do stop fidgeting, Joyce, can't you? Well, you try lounging seductively and thrusting out your chest for hours at a stretch in a draughty little attic flat in Cricklewood. Or Montmartre, for that matter. No picnic posing for paintings, Kay, believe me. There. Now you can get up. We'll finish it off tomorrow. Oh, oh. oh. hello. Do I detect an increase in the bosom-to-blouse ratio? Commerce. Survival of the sauciest. Oh, my word. That should have red-blooded readers grabbing it off the book racks at Paddington. <laughs> Fingers off my pistol, sister. Oh. This Peter Westfellow certainly goes for the groin with his titles, doesn't he? It's not the last of the bread, I hope. Afraid so. Sickeningly stale, like biting into bakelite. Kay, quick, come and look. Chap's been chucked out of that pub over the road and they're giving him the devil of a pasting. Oh, are you down there! We don't have a telephone. Joyce, where are you going? You don't know him from Adam. Could be a desperately ugly customer who thoroughly deserves a thrashing. I'd hate to be as cynical as you, Kay Marnham. Better get these wet clothes off him or he'll wake up with pneumonia. Then we can bung him on the chaise long. So, are you going to lend your assistance, Kay? Rather than lurking around looking like a dowager with a dysentery? Oh, I say. Something of a stallion, isn't he? Bet you don't get many of those to the pound. Must you be so coarse? Oh, lamb, he's covered in bruises. Pickled in alcohol. Would you be so callous if he were your brother? Yes, I would. My brother's a beast. And you so sour on men. Men. Here is the BBC News, and this is Denver's Nettlefold reading it. The floods, widespread and severe, which have made 1947 a year for the record books, finally appear to show signs of abating. Say, Trapsley, what's keeping the goddamn kraut? That's our man now, I think you'll find. If you care to come over here by the French windows, Mr. Murchison, you should be able to see the parachute descend. The rain has stopped. Yes. There he is. That's right, men. Use the torches. Shine them upwards. Guide him down. Center of the courtyard. All these footmen of yours. You always have them rigged out in that crazy livery. Most 
Most certainly. As long as there's been a Thrapsley at Thrapsley Hall. I mean, allowed to call him to lapse, and before one knows it, the slippery slope to anarchy beckons. Ah, here he comes. Red in the sky. Shepherd's pie. Mr. P. Wendell Murchison, late of the U.S. State Department, Hauptsturmfuhrer Walter Kessler. How was your journey, Herr Hauptsturmfuhrer? I have no cause for complaint, Sir Reginald. East Anglia is hardly the eastern front. Hand over that formula, and you and your Nazi pals have your amnesty. Gonna take more than just atom bombs to rid the world of that ugly red rash. Russia? China? India next. The way things are looking. Wouldn't stand for any of that up the workers' cults will appear in Thrapsley. Socialized medicine. Health care from cradle to grave for the great unbosched. Not only does it go against the natural order, who'll end up footing the bill? Our descendants, that's who. Thou curse us all, and quite rightly too, if we don't prevent those Lilliputian labourites from undermining the vigour of the race with all this namby-pamby-nennying. You said it, my friend. Medicine's a business, same as any other business. And government has no business butting in. Hear, hear! Ask any quack worth his liver salts. But one thing puzzles me, Hessler. Kessler. Why do you Krauts never use that idio what's A nerve agent formulated to target degenerate brains vulnerable to Bolshevist influence. In 1936, Professors Vollbrecht and Paul theorize that political leanings have a physiological basis. Sure, sure, we get the picture. A gas with God on its side. (laughs) Yes, quite. Only in the very last days of the war was the weapon perfected. But the factory was bombed and the research team killed before idiothing could be produced in any quantity. And the formula lost. Or so it was believed. Rather misguided fellow, that Führer of yours, Kessler. Spot on, though, in identifying the true enemy as Judeo-Bolshevism. No use tackling the one without what the other. What you're saying is, Trapsley, old boy, these wine ribs and Finkelsteins are bushwhacking you limeys in Palestine. We're well aware of plots to assassinate members of His Majesty's government. In fact, you'll read about the latest in the papers once it's been, um, successfully carried out. An admirable plan, Sir Reginald. Permit the Zionists to eliminate your socialist cabinet and bring down condemnation upon themselves. Then it's merely a matter of putting Winston back in Downing Street and using idiothene to settle the Soviets' act. And uh, Churchill is still in the dark about this? As yet, but Winston's long been advocating a tougher line against Russia. Faced with a fate accompli, he'll seize the day, no doubt. All fine and dandy, but... How do we know this anti-commie gas is the real McCoy? Well, Heine? Please, my name is Kessler. As a matter of fact, Herr Murchison, I came prepared for your skepticism. I understand that, like your President Truman, you are from Missouri, known as Sir Show Me State. Darn right, mister. This small canister contains a tile sample recovered from the ruins. When I remove the stopper... Steady on, Kessler. (coughs) (coughs) 
What have we, any of us, to fear? Observe, our political convictions render us immune. Shut up. Here, sir. Have some of this excellent cognac. It's guaranteed to calm the nerves. Kessler, that was rather naughty of you. <laughs> but at least all three of us can be proud to have emerged with flying colours. Dinner will be served directly, Reggie. Ah, thank you, Muriel. Oh, and if you would please forgive my small joke, the canister is in fact my inhaler. I suffer from asthma. <laughs> well, by Jove, you're a character, Kessler. I'll grant you that. No crazy kraut's gonna make a monkey out of me. Please, Mr. Murchison, put away that Derringer. Bump off Herr Kessler, and we shan't get our idiot. Well, tell this wiseacre war criminal to quit needling me. Sir Reginald, please inform Herr Murchison that my name is Kessler. Not Hessler, not Heine, not Kraut, and not Fritz. Kessler. Whatever. Kessler. Go win yourself a war, bub. That's when you get to pick the names. Until then, you'll be Heine. And like it. Gentlemen, please. When we fight among ourselves, we play straight into the hands of Marshal Stalin. Head. Take it easy, chum. You're in safe hands. Look here. You can't stay. Kate, stop it. Ignore her. There's room at the inn. Oh, and I'm Joyce. And you're welcome to spend the night just where you are. Much obliged. Wouldn't send a dog out in this filthy weather. Atrocious. Yes, there's hardly been any left. I'm talking about that abomination over there on the easel. Fingers off my pistol, sister. Scarcely Somerset Morn. I beg your pardon? Paperback thriller covers may not be the highest form of visual art, but they're my bread and butter. Kay's known in the trade as something of a dab hand. And deservedly so. What about all this West fellow has going for him? Couldn't write a note to the milkman. I don't know. I'd say he has a certain penchant for the lurid. Oh, fiddlesticks. Never mind little Miss Highbrow. Many's the night I've cuddled up with a Peter West. Hasn't disappointed me yet. Well, I dare say his cover art as a model account for most of his sales. Perhaps if he were here to defend himself, you wouldn't be quite so free with your opinions, Mr... West. Peter West. Many thanks, my good Samaritans. But to be perfectly frank, I'm not worth the trouble. I don't mind a reasonable amount of trouble. Well, I hope you don't live to regret it. Peter West is a lost cause. Peter West is a bona fide war hero. Breathtakingly audacious prison camp escape. Umpteen doodlebugs shot out of the sky. Oh, I never believe a book jacket. Most of those plaudits belong to a pal of mine, named of Flight Sergeant Byron Bailey. That boxer chappy from Jamaica. Daily Mirror said those filthy Nazi goons made him take on their reigning champ in Starlog Luft. Bailey knocked him into the middle of next week and nearly got himself shot for it. Would have cut the article out and kept it if it hadn't been all greasy from wrapping my chips. So where is the flight sergeant now? Survived the war, I do hope. Well, Byron, really can't tell you. Like to think he made his way back to the West Indies. Put that Oxford degree to good use. Settled down. Found the love of a good woman. 
So, let me guess, there you were, enjoying a quiet drink in the pub when some damn fool disparaged your pal. You sprang to his defence but found yourself outnumbered. Sorry to disappoint you, old girl, but I propositioned another fellow's lady friend. Deserved all I got. I'll assume you're still inebriated. And what are you smirking about, Miss Marnham? More cognac, Herr Kessler. Sir Reginald, that other guest, the young woman... Another American? Miss Loretta Duquesne. Murchison brought her along. Rather fetching little filly. What? But she can be trusted. Sadly, expedience dictates that we indulge our American friends. Grant them a certain latitude. Fact is, wars left them with the whip hand. In any case, Miss Duquesne appears to show no more interest in politics than does the average household cat. I say, Harold, time to whip the dust sheet off the, um, uh, apparatus. Yes, sir. Capital fellow. Been with me years. Butler doddled off to the great mansion in the sky last Wednesday fortnight. Thinking of giving Harold the job. Might I have your attention, everyone? Say, Lady Muriel, ain't that a television? Indeed it is, Miss Duquesne. In the States, we got bigger screens. And pretty soon now, we're gonna have color, coast to coast. How perfectly wonderful for you. And that other gizmo, that's a gramophone? Um, yes, uh, with certain modifications. Now... Harold, if you'd be so kind as to place the disc on the turntable and lower the needle. Welcome to BBC Television. And now it's time for our weekly visit to the Café Continental. Television pictures on a gramophone disc? Recorded last week from the BBC, courtesy of our backroom boys during the war, systems developed for espionage purposes. Well, ain't that something, Wendy? Quit calling me Wendy. Greetings, madame and monsieur. Your table has been reserved, as always. And we are honored to be appearing on your television screens. As our first guest tonight, I proudly present the popular comedian, Mr. Jehoshaphat Jenks. And that melodious musical trio from distant shores, the Dinky Dons. Howdy, folks. Jenks is the name, Jolly is the game. Now, before we tickle your musical fancy, might I just remind you lovely lot out there that yours truly and these three stunning strummers, these pultritudinous pluckers, otherwise known as the Dinky Don'ts, will feature amongst the star-studded lineup, entertaining Mr Attlee and members of his cabinet at the Cheer Em Up Charity Gala on the Thames in two weeks' time. And I'm sure anybody well enough ill to afford one of these wonderful magic boxes for the corner of their living room can see their way clear to coughing up for a ticket. So, Dinky, don't miss out. Take it away, girls. Gee, those goyles look awful sad, Lady Muriel. Don't they never smile? It's said all three had a terrible time during the war. Refugees, you know. Another bottle, Harold. This cognac really is... Except... Richard, you've had quite enough already. Let me be the judge of that, Say, uh, what's with the vaudeville traps, Lee? I didn't come all the way out here to Suffolk just to gawk at some cockamamie television show. Bear with me, Mr. Murchison. Uh, 
definition. Its significance will become clear in June. Oh, take him to his room, Harold. Mr. Murchison, Herr Kessler, I must apologise on my husband's behalf. Dredgy often topples after a tipple. Be sozzled for several hours, I expect. Now, as to the matter you've come here to discuss, I gather you've yet to reach an agreement? Uh, Lady Muriel, with all due respect, I'd prefer to wait until uh, Sir Reginald has gone to... Perhaps I ought to explain. You see, Reggie may believe he married a pea-brained debutante, but in truth my husband seldom strays far beyond the confines of his fool's paradise. During my parachute descent, Lady Muriel, I happened to witness a momentary break in the clouds through which I caught the briefest glimpse of some quite unexpected atmospheric coloration. Herr Kessler, before discretion sends you any further around the houses, simply say your piece and I will say mine. Red in the sky. Shepherd's pie. Gnädige Frau, may I offer my wishes for Sir Reginald's speedy recovery and express my admiration for your forbearance? Your, uh... Past is showing hair, Kessler. The belt keeping off the trousers of that dapper tweed suit of yours, it sports a rather distinctive buckle. SS, I believe. A gift from from her mother. Well, what do you know? The sentimental stormtrooper. Aw, oh, give the poor guy a break, Wendy. I think it's sort of sweet. <laughs> very much, Mr. West. Come on, Joyce. Joyce. A fine kettle of fish, I must say. The church hall's locked up and no one seems to know who has the key. Over there, that shop doorway. Oh, what's the use? I'm soaked to the skin already. But this little nook has seen a good few knee tremblers. Joyce, please. Well, Peter's a man of the world, aren't you, Peter? Putting a brave face on it is all very well, but might I remind you that number 53 is right next door, and we had no time to bring anything with us. If the bomb goes off, that's my entire livelihood up in... Poppycock. I... I beg your pardon, Lady Muriel. Idiothene. Pure poppycock. Taradiddle. Piffle. There is no such thing as a nerve gas that only kills communists. Lady Muriel, I assure you... Herr Kessler, please do not insult me. Reggie and Mr Murchison may have succumbed to wishful thinking, but some of us are perfectly capable, as our transatlantic cousins so trenchantly put it, of distinguishing shit from Shinola. Now let's not beat about the bush. You're hoping to avenge your Führer by setting west against east. 
while I should like nothing better than to see this confounded country of mine punished for its idiocy, throwing away the empire and condemning itself to shrivel pitifully in a descending spiral of socialism. So you see, Herr Kessler, your little secret is safe. And now I must go. A brief liaison was most enjoyable, but I shouldn't want to be keeping you up all night. Real stroke of luck, these fellows happening along and giving us a lift in their lorry. <laughs> Three rousing cheers for the Polish Resettlement Corps. I'm impressed with your grasp of the lingo. I've been out with a pole or two in my time. Grand chaps, as are Yanks, Canucks, Kiwis and Aussies, in my experience. Which does have its limits, I hasten to add, in the light of that expression on your face. Merely a shadow cast by that stormer. Oh, and six feet two inches. Beg pardon? My height. Your dismay didn't go unobserved. Men aren't mad keen on being towered over, as a rule. Well, I dare say one could adjust. No doubt you've also taken note of that butterfly tattoo on my shoulder and drawn certain less-than-edifying conclusions. Well, not only a tattoo, but muscles. Feel for yourself. Need a hand unscrewing that thermos? Oh, Peter West, in the prime of his manhood, certainly... Not... Vodka toddy, anyone? Kay? You look as though you could do with a hefty total too. Chin up, old girl. Worst things happen at sea. Expect they do. Where are we being taken? A little sporting entertainment, apparently. Well, when in Rome? Either that or rummage in the ruins in the rain to see if I can salvage my one and only pair of silk stockings. Many thanks, comrades. Apparently, if we mosey on over to that Nissan hut yonder and ask politely, someone might be kind enough to kit us out with dry duds. Can't guarantee they'll be natty, but gift horses and all that. Khaki trousers, sweaters and clumping great boots. Oh, it's just like being back in the land army. Oh, don't remind me. Ah, oh, the noble art of pugilism. I'd put my money on the dark-skinned chappy. Appears to be bashing seven bells out of that other fellow. Uh, and there we go! Officer <laughs> knockout! Well, I'll be... Peter! Are you telling me that's... I'd know that right hook anywhere. Miss Duquesne? Lady Muriel, I... I couldn't sleep for thinking about poor Sir Reginald. Only I saw the very same thing happen to my pa. <laughs> he never woke up. <laughs> now, now, Miss Duquesne. There's really no need to concoct a pretext for this visit. We both know very well why you're here. All those coy little glances at the dinner table. Guess I'm no great shakes as an actress, huh? Au contraire. Your eyes spoke volumes. I was about to take a bath. Perhaps you'd care to join me? 
how long have you been uh, working for Mr. Murchison? A couple of weeks is all. Met in the American bar at the Savoy. You know how it is, Lady M. A girl's gotta live, and I've known worse than Wendy. You see, now me, I'm more of an oyster kind of goil. But times get lean. I get hungry. And I can't afford to turn my nose up at a snail, if you know what I'm saying. Peter, my good friend, it's been a long time, so you're an offer now. Oh, of sorts. Keeps the wolf from the door. And you, Byron, old chum, staving off starvation with your fists, I see. Oh, and meet Joyce and Kay. Ministering angels, they're both of them. Enchanted. There you go, BB. Minus my percentage. Mr. Sidney, what would I do without your shrewd management? So where next will Providence direct me? Watford, two nights time. Sergeant in the transport corps. Sodding great git, if you'll pardon me for all say. But moves like a tortoise in treacle. Then now else lined up till next week. Why not grab yourself some sea air? Brighton, know a landlady. Bang on the front. Cosmopolitan, shall we say. Does a very nice plate of wooden pie and mutton rashers. <laughs> Anyhow, BB, pleased to meet your pals. Now I've got to nip off and see a check about a check. Looks like Arla Utree could use some shut eye. That nice chap in the Nissen hut said he could kit us out with American sleeping bags for a dollar apiece. Here, Peter. Never did settle that old porker debt. Many thanks, old fella. Much appreciated. <laughs> Please shut up and let me go to sleep. Why did you have to choose my ventilation grill to hang around? One of those two poles in the back of the truck saying, We're planning to do the dirty on our Russian charts. Twist their arms till they turn and trot off home. <laughs> Easier said than done, but not only that. But they're aiming to put Churchill back in the driving seat. A certain P. Wendell Murchison. Name rings a bell. That fellow Truman kicked out of the State Department a while back for warmongering. Ah, yes. Big bluff. Wallace Theory type. Goes around in a cowboy head. Still like to keep up with the news, I see. Citizens. Responsibility, Peter. <laughs> anyway, seems this Murchison had dinner last week with some top brass from the Polish government in exile. Brother of one of these chaps in the truck dished up the grub. Table talk was all about Nazi nerve gas that only killed communists. And pigs saw like spitfire. <laughs> My sentiments exactly, Byron old chum. Point is, there's a gem of a fairly decent thriller plot in there somewhere. And boy, do I need one. I was out of ideas till I heard those two poles nattering away. Out of ideas? Maybe. Out of luck? Not Joyce and Kenny. Oh, I'm head of her heels. Don't ask me to choose. You flatter yourself, Peter okay. West. I'm famished. Let's see if there's any breakfast going. Morning, Joyce. Sleep well, I hope. Why keep it to yourself that you know Polish? Only a smattering. Picked it up, training Polish pilots on hurricanes. What of it? Were you intending to share your scoop with us, as well as the flight sergeant? Scoop? That conversation you overheard in the truck while I was singing. Oh, you sing beautifully. Thank you, but that's entirely beside the point. Kay overheard you talking to Mr Bailey this morning outside the hut. Your voices woke her up. 
Dash it all, Peter, poison gas. Although I failed to see how any gas could take one's politics into account. Yet, who knows what horrors those filthy Nazis managed to concoct. These days, one hears a lot of bilge talking about setting the world to rights. But don't you think it at least worth looking into, Peter? Frankly, no. Then, you're not the man I thought you were. <sighs> Joyce, wait. All right, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll take it to my publisher. Your publisher? A uh, big fish among the hush-hush boys during the war. What say we let Sir Reginald Thrapsley weigh up the threat to world peace? In fact, I thought I might pitch it to Sir Reginald as a basis of my next chunk of deathless prose. I'll get on the blower. Shouldn't think it very wise to be discussing these matters over the telephone. I'll ask him in person. Oh, righty-ho. Well, I'll leave you to it then. I should imagine time is of the essence in matters like this. Oh, yes. Of the essence. Oh, and Mr West, there was a call for you yesterday. Very bad line. I couldn't catch Hughes, I believe the name was. OK, thanks, Twiggy. Probably a creditor. They did say they'd call again. Well, be a pedant for them off, could you? Could you type this up in triplex, please, Miss Twiggan? It's rather urgent. Yes, Mr Maitland. Still there, is he? Misery guts Maitland. Thought Sir Reginald would have seen sense by now and promoted you to office manager. Anyway, Twiggy, better let you go. Toodle pip. Good morning, Flight Sergeant. Hello, Miss Arm. Marnham. Kay. Marnham. Looking for Peter? Hear him come now. No doubt Joyce sent you for a progress report. Joyce can get a little, um, carried away. <laughs> Well, maybe you ought to have kept Mum. And maybe you two ought to have kept your voices down. Couldn't sleep a wink. And Mr Bailey's pipe tobacco didn't help. Apologies, Miss Marnell. Well, you can tell Joyce I spoke to the Reginald's secretary. He's up in Suffolk at Thrapsley Hall, his country retreat. It seems they're cut off by flooding and the telephone lines are down. Anyway, I did my best. I'm sure you did. Women. What can you do, eh, Byron? <laughs> Ah, Flight Sergeant Bailey, good morning. Good morning, Captain. Last night the men had high hopes for our unit, champion. <laughs> it was not meant to be. You fought and won fair and square, Flight Sergeant, justifying the reputation that preceded you. Permit me to apologise for the ungallant contact of certain elements in the camp. I've been given rougher rides. Funny thing, Skin. A trifle early in the day, perhaps, but I should be honoured if you and your colleague would join me in a drink, Mr... Peter West. Not by any chance the author of Save Me Your Last Bullet, Baby, and Lipstick on My Knuckles? Guilty as charged. Then I am doubly honoured. Please, gentlemen, take a seat. I see you are intrigued by my choice of wall decoration. It's quite a collection of articles and photographs. A small hobby of mine. Air crash investigation. One air crash in particular, it would seem. You know of Colonel Krasovsky? Yes, diplomat. Tragic accident. A sad loss to Paula. To the world. An accident, perhaps. Although with many questions unanswered. A voice silenced, all too conveniently for those who do not wish to hear. But gentlemen, the occasion calls for somewhat lighter topics, no? Nastrovye. To your good health, Captain. Down the hatch. So tell me, Mr. West, your next book. What dastardly new plot will your detective hero struggle valiantly to foil? Well, let's just say he stumbles upon a sinister international conspiracy. Conspiracy? Of what nature? A plot to uh, 
to drive the Red Army out of Poland. But the Allies would be vastly outnumbered on the battlefield. Nazi nerve gas only kills communists. Yes, I know. Laughably far-fetched. I see the weather has improved somewhat, although I do not recall witnessing one of those picturesque sunsets which bodes well for the following day, according to your proverb, uh, red in the sky... You mean red sky at night. Shepherd's delight. Red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning. Gentlemen, all six chambers are loaded, and I came joint seventh in the Polish National Pistol Shooting Championship of 1938. I would therefore strongly advise you to remain seated. I'd scoot up there to Suffolk myself, only it's bound to carry more weight coming from Peter. Joyce, don't you think you're taking this just a smidge too seriously? And anyway, I told you, they're cut off by flooding. You didn't see the duck out there. I don't recall spotting any wildlife. D-U-K-W, silly amphibious trap. Hello. Oh, something's afoot. A soldier with a sten gun's just gone in that hut over there. And another one's coming this way. You answer it, Kay. I'll hide behind this curtain. But go on, no time to argue. You, uh, arrest, come, me with now. Prefer not to, old chum. Kay, open that cupboard. We'll dump him in. Here, grab his gun. Joyce, have you taken leave of your senses? Kay, come to yours. Wouldn't surprise me if they're holding Peter and the flight sergeant. As my form tutor, Miss Witchert, used to say, there are times when one must grasp the bull firmly by the horns. Oh. Hope we shan't be needing to back up our argument with bullets, but one never knows. Don't be absurd. This is Tring, not Tobruk. 